Welcome to the Positive Spiritual Living Podcast, brought to you by Unity on the Bay. This is your positive path for spiritual living. If you are already standing, please remain standing, and I'm going to ask everyone in the room to take just a moment and stand together. For my friends, we are all aware that our brothers and sisters in the family of humanity right now, most especially those in Puerto Rico, the Caribbean islands, the Keys, many areas of South Florida, Mexico, are in need of us Cuba to stand, to stand in faith, to stand in the certainty that the presence and the power of God remains with each and every one of us. I invite you to close your eyes. Remember that you have the power to bless. After you've done all you can, then together we stand for each and every one of these brothers and sisters, wherever they may be, in the midst of whatever peril may come their way, the presence and the power that is God is standing with them, through them, and as them. And we send them this morning our blessing, our love, and the remembrance that they are made in the very image and likeness of God. And so it is. Thank you, God. Amen. Before I get into my message this morning, I want to remind you, those of you most especially who may still be in any state of recovery from Irma here, that the spiritual community of Unity on the Bay is standing with you. We have been standing with you in prayer as you have been standing with us in prayer. If you have a particular need, be it related to the storm or whatever it might be, Come forward at the end of the service today. We have prayer chaplains that will pray with you. We also have a congregational support team and congregational support services. And if those might be of interest to you, please see Reverend Juan or myself following the service this morning. We also have our international prayer ministry, Silent Unity, which is available to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You need but take your phone and call one 800 now pray, N-O-W-P-R-A-Y, and they will be happy to stand with you as well. We have also initiated a special web page on our site that lists a number of different resources that are available to you, to your friends and neighbors in South Florida. Um, they are also uh, included in that website is um, resources that you can use to support uh, our brothers and sisters in the areas that have been affected. I also want to remember uh, the state of California this morning as well. So uh, please take advantage of that. You just go to our website at the top. You'll see a blue banner across the top that mentions hurricane updates, and the resources are all available to you there. So thank you for standing um, with the family of humanity and providing your service, your support, as well as your prayers and your faith. I especially want to welcome all of you here this morning, and it's so nice to look out on your smiling faces in a relatively cool room this morning, unlike last Sunday, which was quite a different story. We have one of our two AC units that's now oper operational, and uh, we give thanks for that. I especially want to also welcome anyone that's in the room for the very first or second time this morning. If this is your first or second time at Unity on the Bay, would you raise your hand so we can welcome you? Welcome. 
We are grateful for each and every one of you, and we believe that you are here by divine appointment. And part of that appointment has to do with us extending what we believe is a God-given gift that every one of us possesses. That is the power to bless. So I invite all of us in the room to bless those individuals who are with us this morning for the first or second time. Take a moment to extend your energy, your vibration, affirming and confirming their identity as sons and daughters of the Most High, made in the image and likeness of God, and you are blessed. Thank you, God, and so it is. Amen. We're very glad that you're here. And I would encourage you to look in front of you. You'll find what's called a connection card. If you feel so guided, please complete one of these cards. But above all, visit us at our Welcome Center located at the far end of the foyer after the service this morning. We have a special gift for you, and we would like to have the opportunity to get to know you just a little better. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. So in the uh, aftermath of Irma, in my own personal life, um, I uh, went to my mailbox after several days and I found a number of interesting letters, all from credit card companies, announcing that accounts had been opened in my name that I was totally unaware of. So this was my first encounter with identity theft. I know a lot of you have experienced this. And I have to tell you that when I first realized that someone had purchased $4,000 worth of handbags at Bloomingdale's and $2,000 worth of sunglasses at the Sunglass Hut, my heart sank. And it felt really strange. I felt uh, uh, like I haven't felt since many years ago when I experienced a robbery in my home. Um, Very, very vulnerable. And in fact, that's what the theme of our next seven weeks together is all about, learning to master the art and be comfortable with the art of vulnerability. But I can't say that I was all that comfortable. Initially, I had quite a streak of fear that went through me, and I immediately began going through the numerous steps that one has to go to to protect oneself. But interestingly, I was reminded of a talk that I gave here a number of years ago on identity theft, and it didn't really have anything to do with credit cards or social security numbers. Instead, what it had to do with was the recognition that in a very real way, all of us have experienced a form of identity theft, whether we realize it or not. And by that, what I mean is that we know in spiritual reality, our identity is that of a son, a daughter, a creation of the Most High. And you could say, actually, that in many ways, that understanding of our identity has been robbed of us. At least that's our experience. We have become to, we have become to the point where we believe that we are but mere mortal human beings and that we are unaware of this vast array of resource and qualities that is available to us in the true nature of our identity as made in the image and the likeness of God. So what we're going to be spending these next few weeks, many weeks, seven weeks together, is exploring and remembering the truth of our identity as divine creation and finding the audacity and the vulnerability to really open ourselves up to allow that which we truly are to express freely in our everyday existence. Are you ready to remember who you are? All right, that's the whole aim of this time that we're going to share together. And I've asked you many times from this platform, who do you think you are? Just exactly who do you think you are? And the reason I keep asking that is because it is the single, I believe, the single most important question you can ever ask yourself. 
You know, once you identify who you believe yourself to be, your entire experience of day-to-day -day reality will reflect your answer to the question, who am I? Thus, if you are perceiving yourself to be frail and unworthy and undeserving, that will be what you experience in your day-to-day -day life. At the same time, if you remember the reality that you're made in God's image and likeness, you'll begin to see that that is the way the world begins to treat you. Because always and forever, your external situation is a reflection of your internal reality, your internal dynamic, whatever's going on inside of you. So I encourage you this morning and throughout these seven weeks that we shared together to ask yourself that question on an ongoing basis, who do you think you are? Who do you believe you are? And when you find yourself succumbing to ideas of yourself that are less than you know the spiritual magnificence of your true identity to be, just stop yourself and realize that you have a choice to ask the question again until you get to the place where on a repeated basis you're remembering you're remembering that you're made in the image and the likeness of God. You're remembering, you're recalling, and you're accepting for yourself the identity that you have, everything you need right now in this moment and always. Jesus told us many years ago exactly who we are, and he told us in very few words, this is in the book of Matthew, the fifth chapter, the 14th verse, you are the light of the world. <laughs> you are the light of the world. You may not feel like the light of the world this morning. Ask yourself that question again until you've convinced yourself, until you really believe it. You are the light. You are the power. You are the strength of the entire world. And right now, perhaps more than ever, the world is calling you. You see, anytime we go through what seems to be a natural disaster of any kind, you can bet that it's that universe knocking at your door again saying, who do you believe you are? What do you believe you're capable of? How many of you in this room in the past two weeks have experienced yourself to be capable of things you never thought you were capable of? We were stretched, weren't we? But it was a good stretch in the sense that it reminded us there's an unlimited capacity within us. We just have to acknowledge it, and we all too easily Forget, you're the light of the world, you're an expression of God, and you're designed, my friends, whether you believe it right now in this moment, you are designed to live wholeheartedly, you're designed to live free, you're designed to live unafraid, you're designed to live trusting and totally confident in every moment of space and time, always. That's your natural way of expressing. We've simply forgotten it and we bought into some lesser ideas of who we believe ourselves to be. This is our guidebook as we journey together in the remembrance of who we are, as we learn not to be afraid, as we learn to be vulnerable in our life and in the world. Daring Greatly by Dr. Brene Brown. We're going to be studying this. By the way, if you have not already signed up for a home study group, I would like to encourage you to do that this morning. It's not too late. There's a table in the foyer, and you can find other individuals that are a part of the Unity on the Bay community that are close to you. You can visit their home once a week, and you can sort of uh, refine and more deeply understand and remember the truths that we're going to be sharing together. It's wonderful to gather as we do on Sunday mornings. It is even more wonderful.
helpful to complement that by getting together with a group of individuals in a safe environment where you can talk about these principles more deeply and really get them into your consciousness because that's the key. We want this understanding of ourselves as spiritual beings to be as deeply rooted in our conscious awareness as some of the other lesser ideas that we've been holding about ourselves. In her book, Brene Brown says this, We must dare to show up and let ourselves be seen. This is vulnerability. This is daring greatly. Daring greatly. I suspect that you, perhaps like me, have often considered when you are in a state of vulnerability, and I think most of us went through a pretty vulnerable state during the past couple weeks, that this is not a healthy position to be in. In fact, it could be a dangerous position to be in because you're susceptible, right? You're vulnerable. But what I have found, and I believe many of you in the room have found too, it is in those moments of greatest vulnerability that I have actually experienced my greatest strengths. You see, so it's a misnomer to believe that being vulnerable opens you to trouble and turmoil. The reality is that when you are vulnerable, you are actually letting down the facade that we have invested so much energy in holding up to the world. We want everybody to have a certain image of who we are. When we are vulnerable, that image crashes and burns, and what's left is the truth of our nature. The truth of our nature. It's only when you are vulnerable that the light and the love of God can really shine through you. It's only when you're sitting there trembling and shaking. In those moments, nothing stands in the way. And all that energy that you've invested in holding up the veneer, in holding up the facade, in trying to convince everybody that you're something that you're not, that's gone. But the energy now is free for you to bring true power and strength to the reality of your identity as a divine creation. My friends, there are no accidents, as we all know, in the universe. This program was supposed to have started last week, and because of Irma, it is starting this morning. But let me tell you, Irma was the perfect instructor in the art of becoming vulnerable. And I realized that more deeply as I began moving through the first few pages of this book into what um, Brene Brown refers to as the guidelines for wholehearted living. And I have to say, I was laughing and I was crying all the way through these principles because I had just gotten through living each and every one of them. And I suspect that a lot of you in the room did the same thing through this adventure called Irma. So this morning what I want to do is spend a little bit of time talking about a couple things that uh, Brene Brown mentions in the book. The first is the art of avoiding vulnerability, and the second is the art of embracing vulnerability. And I think you're going to be able to find yourself in each and every one of these most recently in the past few days. All right, it begins by the things that we do to avoid the experience of being vulnerable. And the first one she mentions is clean the house. How many of you found yourself cleaning your house extensively prior to the arrival of Irma? See, 
I learned my lesson with Francis and Jean and Wilma. If you don't clean now, it's going to be a long time before you're going to be able to do it. You're not going to have that handy-dandy little vacuum cleaner. You're not going to have any lights. And the last thing you're going to feel like doing is cleaning. A lot of times we become almost obsessed with this. You know, we're going to clean, 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 because it's a way of, of preoccupying ourselves to the fact that we're about to enter into a very vulnerable experience. The next one is my favorite one, and that is this. Eat peanut butter. Now, I don't know about you, but I normally pay attention to everything that goes into my body, and I try to maintain a healthy appetite. That whole concept went to hell in a handbasket prior to and during and immediately following Irma's arrival. I was stuffing stuff into my mouth. I didn't care what it was. It was comfort food. It was a way of avoiding the fact that I was about to become extremely vulnerable. I even had a triple chocolate shake from Steak and Shake. I never do that. But at the risk of being vulnerable, I totally enjoyed every single part of it. One of the highlights of my life. <laughs> the bottom line is, beggars can't be choosers. I didn't care whether it was vegan, vegetarian, or 100% pure beef. I ate it, and I ate it, and I ate it. And I'm still trying to recover from that experience. <laughs> the next one is to make everything perfect. I have to make everything perfect. If I make everything perfect, then I'll be invulnerable. Now, friends, listen to me on this because it's important. Everything is already perfect. In the divine scheme of things, perfection is inherent. We have not believed that, so we go from our human means and methods trying to make it perfect according to our own idea of perfection. And that's where we get into trouble, and we spend a lot of energy trying to make the perfect, trying to make God creation even better. And the next one is, I never have a problem with this. Control everything I can. I was trying to control everything. I always do this. What can I control? What can I nail down? What can I secure? You know, control whatever I possibly... All of these are ways to attempt to avoid vulnerability. However, I must say it's been my experience that when vulnerability knocks at your door, you can do any of those things. You can eat all the nasty food you want to. You can try to control everything, clean the house. It doesn't matter. When vulnerability arrives, it's going to make its presence known then it's up to you to decide whether that opportunity for vulnerability is a blessing or is a curse. Now, here she goes on to talk about how we can embrace vulnerability. And the first one she says is, let go of what people think. Let me tell you, I had some grand opportunities to let go of what people think. Because typically, you know, I like to look good, at least as good as I can. And I must tell you that there were a majority of moments during the Irma drama where I didn't look good at all, where I was disheveled, I was unclean, I hadn't brushed my teeth, I was wearing sneakers, shorts, and a T-shirt, and I looked like holy hell. But here's the wonderful thing. Everybody else looked the same way I did. <laughs> so none of us could really afford to run around judging each other. Now, you see, this was what happened during Irma, my friends, but this is the reality of life every day. We have the opportunity in each and every moment to release our judgments about other people and even more importantly, to release our concern about what other people are thinking about us. Just monitor yourself for 24 hours and see how often you have concern about what somebody else may be thinking about how you're doing something, how you're living your life, or better yet, what you're not doing. 
and realize that you have the opportunity to let that go. Let go of what other people think. Next, and this is so appropriate to a hurricane, let go of certainty. How many people were certain they knew exactly where Irma was heading? You cannot tell a hurricane where to head. It's going to go where it wants to go. And the reality is true also that in every moment, every day of your life, you're not nearly as certain as you have come to think you are. You don't know what the next moment is going to hold for you. And yet, that is a blessing, my friends. It's a blessing. So you realize, okay, I don't know what the next moment holds, but that's all right, because God does. Because that which orchestrates my life from day to day knows exactly what it's doing, and it gives me the opportunity to develop my trust factor. And all of us can use a little more trust in the divine in our lives. Next, let go of comparison. There were moments, I'm going to be perfectly vulnerable with you right here, when I was shaking in my shoes during that whole ordeal. And I was looking around. It seemed to me like other people were not nearly as disturbed as I was. So then I sought to cover up my own disturbance and make it look as though I was just as cool as a cucumber. <laughs> not necessarily true. But we have the ability, you see, to... Let go of comparison when we're in these moments. Not compare ourselves with other people. Each and every one of us in this room this morning is a unique and divine design, and that's by divine orchestration. We can trust that. Next, let go of anxiety as a lifestyle. Do I need to say anything more? Let go of anxiety as a... And see, yeah, when a hurricane's on its way, of course there's going to be anxiety, but there's anxiety, my friends, available to you if you didn't know this, anytime you choose. And you have the ability to turn away from that, to not adopt that as a part of your lifestyle, and to realize you're going to stand and live your life from a place of peace, a place of truth, and a place of spiritual reality. And the next one is let go of being cool and always in control. Who didn't have to let go of being cool in the last two weeks? We all did to some degree. Let go of being cool and let go of the idea that you personally are responsible and in control of everybody and everything in the entire universe. And remember that our lives are being lived by the same force that's driving universes, that's driving galaxies. I do believe it can be trusted. Above all, my friends, as we embark on this journey together during the next seven weeks, and whatever may come upon the path of your existence during these seven weeks, remember who you are. If you want to know the ticket to your own personal salvation and the salvation of the entire human family, it is this. Remember who you are. Remember what is available to you. Remember what created you and what is sustaining you. Remember what is protecting you. Remember what is protecting all of our brothers and sisters who are finding themselves in peril right now. Your remembrance of that is the greatest single gift that you can give anybody right now. And whatever action you feel guided to take will be the right action because you will be coming from a space of the reality of your spiritual identity as a child of God. You will be able to walk out into the world and say, yes, I am completely vulnerable and I am also completely powerful and I am also completely capable because God made me just the way I am. Be willing to let go of anything less than the best that you can hold for yourself. Be willing to let go of anything less than the best that you can hold for the people that you love and the people you may now be concerned about. See them as God sees them, perfect 
happy, whole, and free. I invite you to join me in speaking this affirmation together, and we'll take it in little pieces. Are you ready? I am the light of the world. Together. I am the light of the world, made in the image and likeness of God. Together. Made in the image and likeness of God. I am worthy of love and belonging. Together. I am worthy of love and belonging. And I am not afraid to accept them both. Together. And I am not afraid to accept them both. So it is. God bless you. <sighs> Take a breath. Say, thank you, God. Thank God. We're, here We're here right now, and it's beautiful. As you prepare your gift, your tithe, your offering to give this morning, I want to encourage you to be generous every day, every moment of your life. Most especially, I encourage you to be generous with your spiritual community right now this morning. We were unable to conduct a number of services here, and our typical streams of revenue were a little short, and your thoughtfulness and your love and appreciation for Unity on the Bay is truly appreciated. You know, one of the great things that comes out of an experience like we've shared through Irma, Hurricane Irma, is just the awareness of little blessings. Have you noticed when you go to your AC, your thermostat in your home, that you might be saying, thank you, God, more than you used to. When you have running water, thank you, God, more than you used to. It helps us to realize how blessed we truly are. And one of the ways that I am blessed, and I believe you are too, is through this spiritual community that we call Unity on the Bay. So thank you for your generosity. And I remind you once again as the ushers come forward, you have the power to bless. So we take this gift that we're giving this morning, holding it in our hands and symbolically holding it in our hearts as we bless it together, speaking and affirming our offertory statement. Divine love that I am blesses all that I give and all that I receive. Thank you, God. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Positive Spiritual Living Podcast, brought to you by Unity on the Bay, a spiritual community located in Miami, Florida. Unity on the Bay is supported by the generosity of its community. If you'd like to make a donation or learn more about Unity on the Bay, please visit unityonthebay.org. You can also follow Unity on the Bay on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for even more positive spiritual inspiration. Until next time, thanks for listening and many blessings. Namaste.